Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Mavi Bolaños in San Francisco. A new state legislative committee is digging into the fentanyl crisis in search of solutions. KQED's Vanessa Rancaño reports on its first meeting this week. Over five hours of testimony, public health and law enforcement experts painted a grim picture of a complex crisis requiring multifaceted solutions. Contra Costa County District Attorney Diana Becton cautioned lawmakers against falling back onto the punitive policies of the past. We have decades of evidence from the failed war on drugs that those tough on crime drug policies did not stop drug use and they did not save lives. Instead, she and others advocated for a public health approach that prioritizes prevention and rehabilitation. Marlise Perez of the State Department of Healthcare Services was one of the many who told lawmakers it's vital to reduce the stigma associated with drug use. We have to bring this disease out of the darkness. It is not a moral failing. And until it is recognized as a disease, our kids are going to be afraid to say that their friend is utilizing drugs. Other experts testified about the importance of ensuring access to medication-assisted drug treatment and educating young people about the dangers of fentanyl. And the consensus was clear. Making naloxone widely available is one of our best tools against fatal overdoses. For The California Report, I'm Vanessa Rancaño. An outside report has found major flaws in the way Cal State University handles sexual harassment and discrimination complaints. The report by law firm Cozen O'Connor found that the CSU system lacks resources to handle these complaints. And the chancellor's office does not track sexual harassment and misconduct cases across the system. It also found a low number of investigations into complaints. And to make matters worse, most of those investigations had no formal resolution. The report was ordered by the Board of Trustees last year after then-Chancellor Joseph Castro resigned. He was caught up in a scandal on how he handled sexual harassment reports against a top administrator at Fresno State University. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! 
Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Every year for the past two decades, tribes along the Oregon-California border have come together for an event known as the Salmon Run. It's a spiritual run and prayer for the health of the Klamath watershed, and it finished on Sunday. As Jefferson Public Radio's Jane Vaughn reports, tribal members ran in relay style along the Klamath River about 350 miles from the ocean to the headwaters. On the side of a road in Wichpec, California, with trees towering overhead, dozens of people are gathered in a circle next to the Klamath River. One woman is sending the runners off with a song. Many are wearing bright blue t-shirts that say Salmon Run 2023. It's Friday, the second day in the four-day-long Salmon Run. The event was founded 20 years ago after a fish kill in the Klamath River, where thousands of salmon died in a year of low water levels. One of the founders, Tasha James, is a Hoopa Valley citizen of Yurok and Karuk descent. We felt there was our need to do something to bring awareness to um, not only our fish, but the health of the rivers. This year's run is especially exciting because it's the last year before four major dams on the Klamath River will be removed. It's a huge victory for the tribes as they work to restore the health of the river and honor the salmon. Hopefully, the dam removal will mean the salmon can successfully make their way upriver to spawn. And in regards to the dams coming down, it's, it's such an amazing thing. And I personally never thought I would see that in my lifetime. A lot of the runners are kids, but founder Chelsea Reed, a Yurok citizen, says the run is a real community event with people of all ages participating. We started out the run with my 90-year-old great-auntie. So it just felt like really special that way. A small group of runners starts off, following the river from Wichpec toward Orleans. They're surrounded by a caravan of cars, honking and carrying signs. Every few miles, they pull into a turnout where the next runners are waiting. They pass off big carved wooden salmon, baton style, and the next group of runners continues upriver. Runner Tassa Tripp from the Yurok tribe is only 18, but says she's been a participant for the last 10 years. It's hard because it is definitely really hot and the train is not like on a treadmill or anything. But um, yeah, I mean, I do it because I love doing it. The caravan of cars slowly winds its way up rural Highway 96, next to the Klamath River. Aside from the honking and cheering, it's super quiet, just the sound of birds chirping. But at Orleans Elementary School down the road, excitement is building. Every year, the students join the run for about a mile. 
They know the runners are getting close and there's a sense of anticipation. Everyone in town seems to be involved. People give each other updates. They'll be here in an hour. They're four miles out. There are signs posted throughout town and a few spectators line the road. And then... The caravan of honking cars comes into view. They reach the school and dozens of kids in bright blue t-shirts sprint up the road. They run almost a mile up a hill to the Karuk tribe's Department of Natural Resources building. There's slices of watermelon waiting for them and bottles of water, which many kids just dump on their heads. Yurok tribal member Analia Hillman says this event is symbolic of the journey the salmon make. That's kind of how our people pray is by sacrifice, and so this is kind of, you know, people sacrificing themselves um, for those salmon, just like the salmon do for us. So it's this, yeah, feeling of reciprocity and, and teaching that to our kids and to the generations. After they've cooled off, the next group of runners starts up the road to continue the journey they hope the salmon will soon be able to make themselves. For the California Report, I'm Jane Vaughn in Humboldt County. And that's the California Report for Thursday, May 25th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Learn more at irvine.org. Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com slash CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes 11th Hour Racing, working to connect sustainability with sport to help restore ocean health. On the web at 11thHourRacing.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.